Well, thank you for joining me today. We're starting a new series, it's series six. Today is episode one, and we're going to be looking for a few weeks at the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. I just wonder, do you believe that Jesus is going to return? Do you believe in the second coming of Christ? Really? Well, if you do, you join millions and millions of Christians who do. The doctrine, the belief in the return of Jesus Christ is held by every Christian church and every denomination. It is indeed one of the foundational fa truths of the Christian faith. Now, interest in this doctrine uh, ebbs and flows. When I was young many years ago, there were lots of sermons preached and books written, films, music, songs, lots of media all about the second coming. But uh, over recent years, that interest has, uh, has waned somewhat. I suspect that in the future, in the near future, maybe over the next year, we'll see a, and hear a lot more about the second coming, especially in the light of the pandemic. Now, the whole issue of the return of Jesus is a little bit clouded. There's lots of debates and opinions and uncertainties and discussions what are the signs? When were the last days? What is and when is the, the millennium and the tribulation and the rapture? Who are the false prophets and the Antichrist? Just to name a few of those questions. The result is that we often either back off from thinking about the second coming because it's just too complicated, too confusing. Or we become so focused on the second coming we read everything, think about it all the time, and we become obsessed by it. Neither of those two are good extremes. It's better to be aware of it, to understand it, to be alert to it, but not to let your life be dominated every single second at, at the exclusion of everything else. I said before that um, the second coming is a foundational doctrine. We need to appreciate it. We need to let it affect our lives. We need to live in the light of it. Because John, wasn't it, who said that if we have this hope within us, it cleanses us. Now, there are some uncertainties and some debates. I'm not interested in those, to be honest. But there are lots of certainties too, so that's what we're going to look at at the moment. The first certainty is that Jesus is coming again. He's going to return. He has a plan. He has a purpose. In the Old Testament, the Old Testament writers spoke about the second coming of Jesus. Daniel, for example, spoke about in the last days there'll be a great increase of knowledge. And uh, that's what we see now. At one point, knowledge in increased, uh, doubled every 150 to 200 years. And then every 50 years. And then every 40 years. And now it's increasing at such a phenomenal rate. Years make no difference, even months. Knowledge increases week by week so much. Zechariah, the prophet, he spoke about the Messiah coming back to the Jews and then beginning to recognise him and say, who did this to you? In the New Testament, it's full of uh, passages about the second coming. Matthew, Mark and Luke speak a lot. They've got whole passages about the second coming. 
Paul speaks about the second coming in 2 Timothy and in 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians just as an example. We find references to the second coming in Acts and also of course there's John's Revelation that speaks all about the second coming really. The second coming is really going to happen. That's truth number one. Secondly, this second coming will be personal, physical, powerful and purposeful. That's a lot of P's. Jesus, his return will be personal. It's going to be him. He's not sending an ambassador. He's not sending someone else. He himself is going to return for us. And that return is going to be physical. It's not going to be some kind of spiritual spiritual kind of thing. It's going to be a physical presence of the Lord Jesus amongst us. And then it will be powerful. There will be no mistaking. Everything's going to stop. Every eye shall see that Jesus is Lord. There will be no mistake. There will be no missing him. His return will be powerful, physical, personal and also purposeful. Jesus is coming back for his church to gather his church together. Jesus is coming back to redeem us. Jesus is coming back to end this present state, this present universe, and to have a new heaven and a new earth. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 11, the angels said to the disciples, This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you watched him go. Physical, personal. Let's move on to the events. Now, there's lots of debate here. There's lots of discussions about the order of the events or whether they overlap but these events are certainties first of all the last days when were the last days incredibly we live in the last days the last days started in the book of acts well, we're well into the last days aren't we and then as we live in the last days there will be signs we'll be looking at those in a moment but those signs will increase and increase and increase. And as we see the signs increasing, as we see them growing, we'll know that Jesus' is coming is that much closer. And then there's the rapture. That's the, the great gathering of God's people. That's Jesus catching us up, snatching us from this earth. One day you'll be walking. You'll be doing whatever you do. It'll be like every other day. And Jesus will return. And he will snatch you away from the earth so that we can meet him and his church triumphant in the clouds. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 17 and 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 1 say a similar thing. They say, we shall be caught up together. What a glorious future we have. Caught up together with Christ. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 4 of course says that it will happen like a thief in the night. We'll have ideas, we'll have signs coming in front of our eyes if we look for them but we won't know when it will actually happen it will come as a surprise and then there's the tribulation that great time of trouble where the world conditions reduce and, and they get worse and they decrease and it gets really really hard really bad on the earth during the tribulation that seven year period the antichrist rises to power with his sidekick, the false prophet. We read about that in 1 Thessalonians and also in Revelation, of course. Then there's the millennia. This is more difficult. 
The Bible speaks of a thousand year reign of peace and harmony and blessing. When that happens and how it happens, there's a lot of debate. There's lots of different ideas. And then at the end of the age, there's the great consummation, the great white throne judgment, the end of this universe and the beginning of a new heavens and a new earth. Now, in this series, I really want to talk about the signs of the second coming. You find those mainly here in Matthew 24 and Luke 21. So let's have a look at, uh, I think we'll start off with Matthew 24 and just read a few verses. Matthew 24 and verse 5. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. And then verse 24. For false Christs and false prophets will arise, and will show great signs and wonders, and so mislead, if possible, even the elect. And then we'll pick up verse 7. For nation will rise up against nation, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these are the mean, merely the beginning of birth pains and many verse 11 and many false prophets will arise and mislead many and because lawlessness is increased most people's love will grow cold and then we'll turn over the page and go to uh, Luke chapter 21 and again in Luke 21 we'll just pick up verses 10 and 11 I think just one second there we are verse 10 nation will rise up against nation kingdom against kingdom there will be great earthquakes and places and plagues and famines and there will be terrors and great signs in the heavens those are some of the they're not all of the signs but they're some of the signs and, and what the gospel writers are speaking about are Dark skies, signs in the skies, disorder and dread, social disorder, disputes internationally, disasters, famines, earthquakes, floods, plagues, a great deception of people, even in church. Many people say, no, I am the Christ, this is the way, and leading people astray, and a desertion from the church, the love of many growing cold. These are serious signs, and we see these today. We, we see disasters. We've always seen disasters, but we see disasters. We see signs in the church where doctrine is weakened and people present a false Christ. We see deception in society. We see danger and dispute and disunity in our society. But you might say, well, we've always seen disasters and disputes and disorder. That's true, we have. But notice what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 8. What did he say? He said, these are the beginnings of the birth pangs. Now, as I understand it, when a lady's going to have a baby... She begins to have birth pains, and as they intensify, as they get closer and more intense, that's the nearer the baby. That's exactly the same with the 
signs of the second coming. We've always got those signs. But as they become more intense, as they get more common, as they get more regular, as they get more in our faces, as it were, and we see these signs all the time coming and coming and coming and coming and coming, then we know the second coming is becoming nearer and nearer and nearer. We've always had those signs. But as they get more intense and more frequent, then we know the second coming is that much closer. And then again, Jesus spoke about the, uh, the fig tree. He says, learn from the fig tree. When it comes into flower, when it comes into blossoming, you, you, you know, summer's on its way. Exactly the same. When we see the signs, when we see the blossom on the trees, then we know summer is on its way. And so, how do we cope? What do we do in the meantime? If we know that Jesus is coming, but we don't know when he's going to be coming. If we know that there are signs to look out for, but uh, we don't know exactly um, how intense they're going to get. How should we live as Christians? Luke 21 and verse 31 says this. Luke 21, 31. Even so, you too, when you see these things happening, recognise them. That the kingdom of God is near. The first thing to do is recognise the fact. The first thing to do is as you see those signs, let your mind go back to the fact that Jesus is coming again and these signs point to his coming. Jesus is coming again. Be alert to that. And then verse 34. Be on your guard that your hearts may not be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of life. That you the day may come on you suddenly like a trap he says don't only be alert to these things but also be on your guard watch out that you don't get distracted don't get yeah uh, watch out that you don't get lost in in the fun of the world in the distractions of the world that you forget and that you get trapped in the worries of this world and and the distractions of this world don't get distracted be alert be on your guard And then verse 36, but keep on the alert at all times, praying in order that you may have the strength to escape all these things about to take place and to stand before the Son of God. What's Jesus saying? Be alert, keep praying, keep strong. That um, is the end of today's little study. We, what I wanted to do is just identify some of the signs that are in the Gospels. And to say, listen, Jesus is coming again. We know this. Jesus has given us certain certainties to stand by. And now we need to live in that life. Now, in the rest of the series, we're going to be looking at 2 Timothy chapter 3 and looking at some of the more particular signs to do with uh, social life to do with how people are living as they are signs of the second coming too. May God bless you today. Let's pray. Father God, you have given us so many things. You've blessed us so much. Thank you for giving us a warning, an outline, an understanding that you are coming again and your return is purposeful, it's physical, it's personal. Lord, you're coming for me. And it's powerful. 
You are the Lord, and we praise you for that. Amen.